Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, Canes fans, there is no script. It's been that kind of crazy day at canesport.com headquarters. Um, started about 5 a.m. this morning, and here we are at 8 o'clock tonight. And who knows what's coming around the next turn as the Miami Hurricanes continue their recruiting efforts. They continue their exit meetings with current players, which means more guys are headed to the transfer portal. And the mystery of who is going to fill all of these spots becomes greater by the second as more and more football players across the United States enter the transfer portal. You're going to need a scorecard to keep up with this. We've got one on the website where we're going to make an attempt to try to give you guys a snapshot of what's going on. But the truth of the matter is, this is all changing by the second. Um, and it's going to be like this for the next three weeks uh, with, like I said, kids going into the portal, trying to figure out if they're interested in Miami, trying to figure out if Miami will be interested in them. And those judgments obviously can't be made until the landscape is surveyed and you know who's in the portal. And you can weigh one against the other. So this is going to be an evolving situation for the next three weeks. And uh, we will be in the middle of it. And thus, as an extension, so will you. And all of it, including the transfer portal entry of one safety, Avante Williams, today, is all on the table tonight as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. We welcome you once again to Canesport Live. As always, it's your show. It will be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We have more than 100 open phone lines. Plenty of room for everybody to listen in and participate. I want to hear from some first-time callers tonight. So hit the one on your keypad that puts you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. As always, we ask the subscribers at canesport.com for topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. And we will get to those during the course of the evening. So the big news tonight was clearly the flip of Collins Achimapong from Michigan to Miami. Uh, he's a four-star player. Some of you might be saying, why is this a big deal? Why should I be excited about this flip? Well, I think there's several layers to that. Um, number one, you should be excited because a blue-chip prospect just flipped from Michigan where they're having an amazing season, to Miami, where they had a horrendous season, okay? And uh, Miami coaches are having to fight this battle on the recruiting trail and are having to prove, not just to you guys, the fans, but they're having to prove to themselves also that they can overcome that season that they just had. And uh, nothing does that more than landing a commitment like Collins Achimapong, and uh, you try to 
analyze him as a football player, and it's difficult because for most of his athletic life, he's been a basketball player. And all of the accolades he's getting, all the rankings he's getting, the four stars and everything else is all mostly based on projections and potential. Uh, he's a kid that's seven. He weighs about 250 pounds. Right now, I'm guessing he'll play at 275 by the time uh, he gets in a college strength program and devotes himself, uh, I'm assuming, fully to football, although I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jim Laranega didn't try to get a loaner deal going here uh, with this guy. Uh, he's certainly someone who could help on the board and stuff and help inside the paint uh, without question. But, um, you know, I, I think that what you have to do is kind of envision what he might look like a year or two down the road. And the first thought that came to my mind, I said this on one of our other shows, uh, is Calais Campbell. And I remember when Calais Campbell came to Miami from Denver, Colorado, and uh, nobody really quite knew what to make of him because he he wasn't a South Florida kid and kind of came on the radar late and uh, entered the Miami class. And... Progressively got better each year. He, you know, wasn't great early. Then started getting better and better and better. And the truth of the matter is, Calais Campbell, he didn't really reach his potential until he got to the National Football League. And I wouldn't be shocked if the same thing didn't play out here with Collins. Uh, you know, we, we don't know how, what kind of rate of advancement he is going to have uh, because he's starting at such a raw place. Uh, but these are the kind of athletes that if you're going to be a program that's going to contend for championships, these are the kind of dudes you got, you got to get and develop. And uh, Collins, I think, is going to be a great project for the Canes. All right, our phone number tonight is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let me start first in the, in, in the, um, I'm going to bring Matt Shodell on here in a second and talk a little bit about Collins because he spoke to him tonight, but let me start in the 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, hey, what's up, Gary? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? Welcome to the show. What's going on? This is two weeks in a row. I'm first, man. I'm surprised. Yeah. I mean, usually you're usually, <laughs> what, like fourth or fifth? Yeah, I'm usually in the middle somewhere. But um, Mario just messed up my whole day today when he flipped that kid. <laughs> you know, you know, I was thinking negatively until that flip happened. I'm like, damn. Like, yeah, well, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to handle you because I, I, I deal, I deal with, with 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 my coworker Matt Shodell in that regard all the time. Man, he's a he's a curmudgeon. He's a negative Nancy. And then something crazy like this happens, and we got to cry to you know light some firecrackers, you know, and say, hey, this yeah. is a big deal. That's what I was thinking. So you're in the Matt like, Shodell Club, you know, BK. Yeah, you know, like, what's more to come? Like, I was all negative. I was like, damn, you know, I'm going a, I'm to a tear into this guy, and then boom. So imagine, this is just the beginning. Like, imagine what's coming, you know, one signing day, the 21st, uh, 21st or something like that, 26th. The class might be ridiculous if it keeps up at this pace. Class just might be ridiculous, but 
I still would like to see a running back commit, though. Still would like to see a running back commit. It's looking like we need a cornerback now. Tyreek is gone. He's declaring for the draft, right? No, he is not. That was an erroneous, erroneous. So that uh, was an erroneous. That wasn't for that, real. Okay. That somebody that somebody put out. That is not true. He has not declared for any draft. He's going through an evaluation process. Um, we will okay. have a a blog with him on the website tomorrow morning, uh, where he discusses this. But uh, right now he's fifty fifty. Oh, he's so still up in the air. Yeah, because right. he wants to be drafted in rounds one to three, BK, and nobody's telling him that he's going, that he's going to be. Not not this year. It's not happening. So he's it's gonna have happening. a tough decision to make. You know, I mean, does he come back to Miami and 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 do the NIL thing, or does he go in the draft and say screw it? And even if I get drafted rounds four, five, six, something like that, you know, I'm still gonna have a chance to make a roster. Yeah, but rounds four, five, six might be the equivalent of NIL money. Those guys don't get paid that much. I agree. If I were advising Tyreek, I would tell him to come back and take uh, take a really good NIL deal and, and then go in the draft. And even if it's in the same right. spot, and, you know, right. you'll and then, have and a little, little bit more of an insurance and, policy. Exactly. And then work your butt off and, and, and try to do something. You know what I'm saying? Just freaking work your butt off. But, but listen, um. Saturday, I'm watching Michigan-Ohio State, right? And what surprised me about Michigan was how fast they are. That's a fast football team. I mean, if you're outrunning Ohio State's best positions, like there's there's safeties and their cornerbacks. Ohio State is known for that. That's, That's what they're known for. And I'm watching running backs just blow right past them. Now, I'm not saying they're slow, but that just put more of an emphasis on how slow we are as, as a football team. Miami is not – they don't look fast. They don't look big. They don't look explosive on the football team, except for Mesador. Mesador is is probably did, our best player. Did you watch the Florida-Florida State game? Florida State is impressive. They, but but did you see how slow – I'm going to deny it, but it's on the radio. But, did you see how slow Florida was? Oh my God! Florida, Florida was slow. I don't know if Florida slow or Florida State was just that impressive. But Florida State, well, Florida State, State like was team. impressive, just like they were against Miami. But Florida looked like right. they were in looked like they were standing in cement. That that might be because they didn't. You know, I can't say that. Yeah, you're right. They're just slow. I was going to make an excuse for them, but yeah, yeah, they did look pretty slow. But this is something that, you know, this is this is like a recent phenomenon with Miami. Miami's just – Miami was known as, okay, fast football, you're going to get the fastest players. Look at Miami. Look at the Hurricanes. Speed all over the field. Now, none at all. Cornerbacks, slow. Safeties are, uh, you know, running backs, uh, wide receivers. Uh, nobody's explosive. The, like the positions – Field positions aren't fast enough, just aren't fast enough. And when I saw how explosive, even though Michigan likes to run that, you know, that power, you know, that power run game, but when they got in the open field, it was like, see you tomorrow. You yeah. know, they were gone. They were gone. Like, they weren't breaking off 20-yard chunks. They were breaking off 60-yard runs. Gone. 
But this, I say that to say this. This brings us back to the coaching and the development of the thing. Everybody wants to see Gaddis go. I kind of do too, but I'm on the fence. I, I flip-flop every day about Gaddis. I flip-flop every day. But there's got to be some tweaks to the to the coaching staff. I'm not saying it's Gaddis. I don't know. But the the other coach that I'm not impressed with, if I'm putting Gaddis outside, you know, off the table, is Kevin Smith, the running back coach. We don't have a running back on the board right now. Yeah. You know, this is Well, I, I like, think that'll change. You know, I think that'll change. You I, you know, I don't know if it'll be Mark Fletcher or not, but I think it'll change. Yeah, I don't know who it'll be, but we need a running backs coach. I, I wasn't too happy with the running back position, you know. So I'm just waiting to see what he does with the coaching staff. I don't know if Steel, Steel wants to stay. I don't know if he's going to change him. The Gaddis thing, even if we do get rid of Gaddis, who we're getting. You know, like, who are we getting? Who's going to leave their their situation to come to Miami? Or, you know, will we have to deal with what's left that, with, with what's out there? And they're out there for a reason. You know? They could have got mm-hmm. scooped up and went somewhere else. Like, they're out there for everybody's throwing out names. Old coaches, Scott Frost, this guy, that guy, Tom Herman, all, all these people. But they're out of coaching for a reason. So, like, who do we get? Like, who can we sway to come I'm just, I'm just, I'm tired of thinking about this Gaddis situation. But what do you think is going to happen? Just if you had to guess, house on the line, you think he stays? Um, I honestly don't know, BK. Uh, you know, I think that this thing could be broken down by Mario in in multiple ways. Like I just hired the Broyles Award winner, and I brought him here. His offense was good enough to get Michigan to the college football playoff and I brought him into a nightmare. Like I, you know, the, the program I think and the culture and everything was way worse than they ever imagined uh, when they, when they put the staff together and, and, and started working on this mission to get Miami back to respectability. And yeah, I mean, like everybody else, you know, I sat there all season shaking my head at how much they were struggling on offense and, and how, you know, the quarterbacks just didn't seem to have a clue what they were doing. And, um, you know, it, it just nothing went right the whole the whole year. Uh, I just don't know that Mario is going to blame Josh Gaddis for that. And to the point where he's going to go walk down the hall and say, we have to eat about $3 million because I screwed up in hiring this guy. Okay. Like that, you know, I just don't know that that's going to happen. Now, uh, it could happen. You know, and and maybe Josh Gaddis says, "Man, this place is a is a mess. I'm, I got to get out of here before my career gets destroyed." And maybe he does it himself. Right. You know, but um, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can look at this, and it, it, it's not necessarily going to be the way that you look at it, or I look at it, or Greg looks at it, or anybody else might look at it. Everybody might have their own perspectives. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't. I don't have a feel right now which way it's going to go. I'm kind of thinking he comes back. I kind of think Manny says, "Listen, we're going to get you your guys. You know, we're going to get you the horses. Let's see what you can do." Would not you know, surprise me at Michigan, all. Michigan did look did look impressive running that power style football, but then 
they had some of the best recruits on the field. Highly recruited yeah. guys. Nice big offensive linemen. Freaking elite running back, elite <laughs> elite wide receivers all over the field. All over the field. Yeah. But let's see. Wait. I'm thinking he comes back. I don't want him to. I'm thinking he comes back. Yeah. Would, would not, that three million would not surprise me in the league. Yeah, you can't eat that. Three million bucks. I don't see a lot of money. A lot of money to pay somebody to go away. That was dealt to hand. That guy was dealt with. Guy a million dollars probably. Yeah. So it's not just three million. Yeah, right. I'm going to fire this guy, pay him three million to go away, and then I got to pay another guy three million to come in. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a six million. That's a six million dollar turnaround. I don't think it's going to happen. You know, I think the guy the guy had no receivers, no offensive line. An injured quarterback, just when he was starting to find his stride, um, you know, running backs fumbling the ball. I mean, it was a mess. You know, do you blame it all yeah, on one guy just because people are angry? Yeah, he might, like, I don't know. He might move some guys around, but I don't. I think Gaddis stays. You know, he might he might just shift 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 some duties around and bring in a guy here and there. But I don't think Gaddis is going anywhere. But but then again, we'll see. But, Gary, thanks a lot as usual. All right, PK. Thanks for getting the show started for us. Appreciate it. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Our Kane Sport Managing Editor, Matt Shodell, is on the hotline now. And, Matt, you spoke to Collins Ashimapong, uh just before his 7 p.m. announcement. Uh, give us some insight into how this happened and why Kane's fans – should think this is a big deal. Man, you told me you were going to ask me about stone crabs. You want to talk about recruiting? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about recruiting, Gary. They want to hear about recruiting. Answer my question, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, so spoke to Colin for a while. spoke to his coach for a while. And uh, the bottom line is it really was the Miami Hurricanes coaches that – made this happen, which is no surprise. Uh, they were contacting him every day, even after he committed to Michigan. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a bad throat from talking all day. Uh, he said in particular that the coaches showed a lot of empathy for him when he had, you know, his injury earlier in the year. He had a situation with his mom that they really were empathetic about. And he said they re- he really felt like they were his family. And the only regret that he really expressed in terms of decommitting from Michigan was that he refers to one of, <clears throat> one of the Michigan players uh, who's in his recruiting class uh, as his brother, and, that, and that's Eno Etta. And he's hoping, he'll come, he's hoping Eno will come to Miami, but I don't, he, says he, doesn't have, he doesn't think that's going to happen. But aside from that, this was just a tremendous job by Miami coaches of recruiting him. Now, with that said – you know, not to be the Debbie Downer, but uh, yeah, I talked to his, his, obviously his head coach for a while. And because he was only able to play in three games this year, because he was only played previously as a freshman in high school, he is a project. I mean, there's no way around it. He's not going to be a guy who's going to come in year one and start. He's going to be a guy who is going to take two or three years for him to really reach his potential, which is okay because you, know, you don't need him to start this year, just with some of the other defensive ends you have, I think it's okay with Miami if he's a star in three years, let's say, which is what I think the time frame would be for him to really understand what he has to do, 
football wise. Uh, he has to learn basically learn techniques from square one. You know, learn different um, offensive formations and how they were trying to attack him uh, from basically from scratch. The good news is he has no bad habits because he's only played freshman football essentially and plus three games in his entire career, which is very unusual. Uh, so, um, you know, like, like I've told other people, I, I never get excited about individual commitments ever since Willie Williams, Mark Pope, uh, Lorenzo Lingard, you, you know, you go down the line, right? Avante Williams, all these guys who are supposed to be amazing. It, it almost is good. And look, he is a four star. Okay. But it's almost good to hear a coach not say, oh, yeah, he's going to be a star from day one. You know, the coach told it like it is. And, and we're going to have that story. I'm working on it now for the morning, but we're going to have that story for the morning. And, and the truth is he's got a Jason, you know, you guys can say Greg Rousseau. The coach said Jason Pierre-Paul. But that is the, the offers he got all came based on basketball, okay, <laughs> because people saw his size. They saw how he moved. They saw his athleticism. And they knew how it would translate onto the football field. He already had 40 offers by the time he transferred to this school in the summer because his previous school had no football team the prior two years, okay? So that pretty much tells me everything I need to know about his ability. His ability level's there. Now it's on the coaches to coach him. And these are some of the best defensive line coaches you're going to find between Joe Salabella, Rod Wright, and Jason Taylor. If they can't turn a guy like this, into an absolute freak within two or three years, and nobody can. So I fully expect him to be a star. Just it's not going to be right away, and that's okay. Fans just have to be okay with that. That's not being a Debbie Downer. That's reality. Okay, <laughs> that's that's it. I'm done. So that out. Well, you um, you know, you mentioned all the schools that have offered him, and I remember when he walked into the Miami indoor practice facility it was the, there was some mario cristobal camps going on it was the weekend of his official visit and you immediately were drawn to ask who was that uh you know you don't see many guys that play football at six seven and that weigh 250 pounds and and look like that and it's it, you know it, greg Rousseau was kind of like that you see where that's taking him um, maybe Collins can be looked at, you know, I've been using Calais Campbell as an example. Maybe Greg Rousseau is also a very good example if you want to, you know, compare him to somebody. Um, but uh, you could just see that, you know, polished, not polished, raw, not raw, whatever it is, that, that this is a guy with something with some tools to work with. And it's going to be just really exciting for us to kind of watch his development and and see where where it goes and um but matt before we let you go uh i think another significant issue with this is what it me- is going to mean for this 2023 recruiting class and the coaches who are out out getting ready to go out on on the town so to speak on december the first and uh recruit around the country and and uh and get things going uh how big of a jump start do you think this is them uh, you know, coming off a bad season where they kind of need some juice, uh, this is truly some juice. Yeah, and there's going to be more commitments coming, maybe as soon as tomorrow. But there, there's, there's an overthinking uh, along the lines of recruiting momentum. Because each recruit has his own story, and each recruit has his own decision to make for various reasons, including NIL nowadays. And it's just like fans always say, 
well, if you're winning, they're going to want to come join us to win a championship. But if your program's losing, they say, hey, they'll want to come here because there's an opportunity for them to play right away, whereas if they go to a team that's winning championships, they've got to sit for two or three years, right? There's, <laughs> there's, you can come up with any number of reasons why you want to be a homer for your team and why this is going to be great and cause all these other guys to commit. But the truth is, it's not true, okay? The truth is, the only thing that matters and that causes other players to maybe commit to your school is if you're a quarterback and there's receivers who want to play with you. Um, you know, if you're a quarterback and a running back's your best friend and wants to play with you, and, or a quarterback and a running back wants to be in a good offense. Uh, the truth is the coaches matter far more than the players. The truth is NIL will matter, will matter or does already matter far more than any friendships between players. And, uh, and that's the sad state of affairs. Uh, in the old days, you would see one school sending a bunch of players to Miami. Uh, didn't always work out, you know, from Miami Central, for instance, that one year, uh, whatever it was. But, but the, the point is, all these guys that Miami's recruiting, they're recruiting them the right way. This is something we have not seen in forever. So I wouldn't focus on, oh, is there recruiting momentum or not momentum? You know, they had a terrible season. They're still going to get lots of recruits, not because it was a terrible season and everyone thinks they can start, but because of the effort that Mario Cristobal and the staff is putting in. I, I've covered this team since, uh, I don't know, the mid-1500s, it feels like. And this team has never had a head coach who personally every day is recruiting players. I've heard players tell me in the past, oh, yeah, I'm hearing from Mario every day. He just wishes me a good morning with a message. That's not, as I say, Mario, from, a, from whoever the head coach is. So we get a head coach message every morning in the, in the old days with other coaches, right? Those good morning messages weren't actually coming from the head coach. They were coming from some back office guy. The head coach would give them the phone and, and say, you know, here's a list of 80 guys. Send them all a good morning message. This is Mario Cristobal actually reaching out to kids all hours of the day, responding when they respond, sending out personalized messages, not, hey, good morning, have a great day, which is what the Mario Cristobal staff would do using his phone. What this staff does is they actually send their own messages. You know, Mario will be like, hey, how's your mom doing to Collins, for instance? Um, you know, hey, whoever it is, you know, I, I hope your rehab's coming along. Keep me updated off if, you, if, you're, if you're injured, right? Things like that, personalized things, not these generic messages Miami coaches used to send. And Miami also used to assign their assistants or backroom guys. You would always hear, oh, yeah, some backroom guy is the one who I'm talking to the most. Not anymore, man. It's position coaches, and it's always Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal is personally recruiting, I'd say, about 100 different kids, you know, when you include 2024. I mean, it's insane what he does. I don't know how he does it. Uh, I know he doesn't sleep, obviously. But, but that is really, you know, the message of this commitment. This, the, the message of this commitment, everyone can celebrate. Oh, we got a Michigan flip. Great. You know, he's, he's you know, six foot seven, whatever. He's the next Greg Russo. Great. You know, it's great. But the real message to me wasn't that. The real message to me is that this is a coaching staff that for the first time doesn't give up because there's multiple guys out there that have committed elsewhere. And Miami coaches aren't texting them, hey, are you going to flip to us? Hey, you know, don't forget about us or whatever. It's personal still. It's, hey, I know you're committed, whatever. But it's, it's, they're asking about how their day's going. How's this class going? Maybe they were struggling in. You know, uh, how's your family doing? These are the messages they're sending to people. And, and they're connecting on a personal level. It's why Colin said that he felt like Miami was his family. And it's why other recruits feel the same way. And that's, you, you cannot overestimate how important that is in recruiting. That is the story of what happened this evening. It is not about one recruit committing and somehow turning this into a championship program, that's not what happened. 
what happened is this is the tip of the iceberg for what Mario Cristobal will be doing in recruiting, which is flipping guys. I predict there will be a handful or more of guys every single recruiting cycle moving forward that at the end of the day, they will have been committed somewhere else and wind up at Miami on signing day. That's my prediction. I think it will hold true every single year, and it will be something that has never happened here before. And it's just because of what I said. It's an amazing, amazing thing what these coaches do. So you can go ahead and celebrate Colin. I'm the Debbie Downer who says don't celebrate him because I'm saying celebrate something else, which is what this means, big picture. The big picture is the most important picture, not you know, one recruit who actually is, as much as everyone loves to land the four-star, he is a project. That's a fact, okay? That's a fact coming from his coach, okay? He, he has to work on pad level. He has to learn technique. That's coming from his coach, okay? And it's because he hasn't played much, and that's okay. But celebrate what Mario Cristobal and his staff did today because it's going to keep happening. All right, and uh, we, you know, all we can do is look forward to the day when we start to see the residual benefits of that on the football field, something that we didn't get to see this year. Uh, but as this continues, and we have been seeing it in recruiting, uh, it's not going to be able to help but start showing up on the field. All right, Matt, we know you got it. you're busy. Uh, we'll let you go. Uh, thanks for your insight, and uh, we'll catch you soon. Yeah, long-time listener, second-time caller. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Matt. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Matt, Matt Shodell, our Canesport Managing Editor. And um, make sure you go on the canesport.com website and check out uh, his interview with Colin Thatcher-Mapong about the flip today from Michigan to Miami. All right, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad. If you would like to come on the show, uh, let's go now to the 786. You are live on Kingsport Live. Gary, my friend, how are you, buddy? Hey, what's up, everything? How you been, man? Hey, man, doing good, man. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Kind of an uh, interesting uh, position we're in. Uh, a year removed from Manny and uh, the excitement from the rumors that we were hearing right around this time and uh, we go back a couple of years before that. I, I mentioned a few things regarding, uh, you know, Mario and the alpha mentality and need to be done. And um, I got to be honest here, I'm very disappointed with the way things worked out this year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still disappointed because I don't know if he's actually ever going to give in to running a contemporary, a modern contemporary, however you want to phrase it, offensive scheme which uh, doesn't require you to have, you know, five guys up front that are, uh, you know, six, 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 seven, you know, and weigh, you know, three and a half tons. I mean, I think that he still, what he wants to do offensively, I just don't see that that's realistic given, given our situation here, what's available to us. Um, I know he needs to go ahead and, and, and move things around. And we've talked about this, Gary, uh, I uh, mentioned things before regarding how these South Florida kids, our kids are extremely overrated. If you don't get the top, top kid, normally that doesn't transcend into a kid that's really going to be impactful. Uh, there, there are flashes, but there's lack of consistency. There's lack of uh, commitment. There's a lot of things that go on with our kids that do decide to come here. And to go on a national approach I think is great. But nationally, can you still get enough guys up front big guys up front to really dominate the trenches. And I don't see that happening next year either. Uh, you might have some good young kids, 
but they, they're going to need to be developed. So once again, you're talking about another year in which we're going to be struggling. And uh, I'm hoping he does a great job with the portal. I think one of the things that concerns me is given the number of official visits that we do have available to us, every school has that number. I think it's 24, maybe it's 23. But uh, regardless of what that number is, we're almost out of those. I think we have like 16 left, 15 left. Uh, so the, the guys that come in the portal, and when, when you and Matt discuss, and I think we've discussed it here as well, you look at between 30 to 40 guys that are going to be new on this program. But you don't have enough official visits for all those kids. Uh, and, and normally you would say if you can get local kids uh, that, that are transferring, you know, uh, say a kid from Clemson that transfers back to South Florida, like we had this year with the right receiver, you know, those type of kids, they don't really need to do an official, but I, I think you're at a point where there's so many factors going on that it's a little too heck for me to, to then become optimistic and say, oh, wow, we just got this kid. Wow. And, you know, this kid's a project. The kid from LaSalle is a project. These are nice big bodies, but they're still projects. I'm not saying they won't be great players down the road, but it's going to take time for them to be developed. And when you look at you look at the young kids that we had this year, the freshmen that played this year, yeah, a lot of good flashes, but they're still lacking so much that they, they have to get better in so many different areas that you still have to be concerned. So that's, that's the approach I'm, you know, utilize. Um, I'm not even I'm not even discussing TBD yet, <laughs> you know. So Why not? <laughs> it's hard for me to our situation when I know we're not we're in a horrible spot right now. Um, if you're a great quarterback or a great young quarterback, and I hasn't been fired here yet, this offense coordinator hasn't been fired. Are you seriously going to go ahead and consider Miami as an option if you're a quarterback? I mean, I wouldn't let my son come here right now with this guy running the offense because what, what, what's been demonstrated is the inability to go ahead and do what? To go ahead and, 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 and fit your personnel and adapt. And that's the biggest thing that, that was the biggest failure this year. They, they were horrible at it, Gary. I mean, I, it's hard for me to go ahead and become optimistic all of a sudden. I, I'm just quite surprised, and, and I, you know, hopefully I'm wrong I'm, with my overreaction tonight. Maybe you might think that, but I'm just extremely disappointed on how well, poorly this year went. I don't know that anybody knows whether you're right or wrong. I, quite honestly, I think everything you're bringing up can be debated both ways. I think you can debate the Josh Gaddis thing in both directions, although nobody wants to believe that. Um, I think you could debate the Tyler Van Dyke thing in multiple directions. Um, I think you can debate, can this team be worth a damn in 2023 in, in multiple directions? Um, this team is going to have at least 40 new players when we get to training camp in August. Okay. It is going to be an entirely new football team. Now it's going to be young, a lot of those new, new players are going to be young freshmen, uh, but there's going to be a sprinkling of transfers in there. They're going to have to make those count. You know, they're, they're going to need some good upper-class players, no question about it. And uh, that is what will determine whether they're any good. But, uh, you know, I mean, you're talking about three totally different issues, everything, that can be debated in multiple directions. 
and there's, and there's no doubt about it, but but that's, that uncertainty, Gary, is what makes me even that more paranoid about what's coming in the future because, let's face it, that offensive line next year, how much better is it really going to be? How much better is it really going to be? What guy well, is out there right now is saying in the transfer portal that's out there saying, you know what, this is the place for me. When, when I saw, If you saw four guys get hurt, seriously hurt with these guys, you got to start questioning, like, what the hell's going on there? Well, you know, you know I think if, you can if have you Zion. That old... You can have Zion Nelson back next year. You're going to have Inez Cooper there who got some experience this year. He's going to be a lot better. They got a young guy, Matthew McCoy, who will now be a second-year guy that they believe is going to be a superstar in this program. Uh, whether it can be as soon as next year, time will tell. Uh, Jalen Rivers will be back from – from injury. Uh, you'll have Francis Mayagoa, true freshman, probably won't be ready to play. Uh, Samson Oklahoma, another true freshman, five-star, probably won't be ready to play, but if anybody would be physically ready, it would be him. I mean, he is a man-child. And then you don't know what they're going to find in the portal. So it's going to have a whole different look up front, uh, everything. I, I know it's, it, that, that there's questions as to how much better it can be, but it's certainly going to look different. Well, you know what? So Tyler Van Dyke is my son. There's no way that he's staying here. There's just no way. As long as these things are set and they're not going to be moved, you're not going to replace status. I'm not getting my son killed. Listen, my son went ahead. I'm just thinking here if I'm his dad. My son went from guaranteed first or second round pick this upcoming year. I mean, every, you talk to every freaking scout, Gary. Talk to the guys that are, that are UM grads, UM alums that are in these football offices throughout the NFL. Listen, it's a small world. It doesn't take long for everybody to build a consensus, and the consensus was, including Alonzo last year, when he first came on board, that this kid possessed all those traits. Did it have to transfer the deal this year? Yes. But you can't do much if the guys up front can't protect you. You can't do much if the teaching is crap. And if, we, if, if you could be honest, I mean, Gary, there's some things that cannot happen. I mean, after week one or week two, there's certain things that can't happen. And, and you saw them. They were happening this past week. Yes, I know there's a bunch of kids out. But still, Gary, there's no way that you could tell me that the offensive staff was congruent this year. I went to the Georgia Tech game. I'm about – I'm on row four or five at the 35, maybe row seven, I'm sorry. And I'm looking at Frank Ponce. Frank Ponce is barely talking to anybody. There's some major dysfunction on that side of the ball. I saw the same thing. I, I saw the same thing and thought the same thing, that, that there is dysfunction on that side of the ball. And, and, and remember, when you're a really good teacher, you've got to teach your staff first, right? Like you're the department head for a chemistry program. You're first going to go ahead and make sure your staff understands what we're teaching, what we're doing, right? That's Josh Gaddis in a much bigger in a much bigger world with much more money involved. And he failed to teach his own guys, to teach his staff members what's going on. And, and people, people keep things close to the vest because they're very loyal to Mario. But I'm telling you, there's major dysfunction there to the guy who's running your office. He basically was a fraud. Mario felt he could take him and, and he would, you know, pretty much mirror the things that he wants to do and accomplish in his program, which is control of trenches. But this ain't the guy. 
Michigan has not missed Josh Gaddis one bit. That tells me a lot. From year one to year two, how much better Michigan got? Well, I bet you Jimmy got more involved with that offense. And if you watched them play this past week or this, this season, if you watched Michigan play, it's the same stuff they were running. Nothing different. There's nothing new. The guy running it was pretty much oversold. So I'm sorry, Gary. You, you, you've got to make some major changes. And unless Mario has a come-to-Jesus moment and decides we're going to open things up and we're going to have to score points, oh nowhere. But that's not how college football works and you're not going to be able to get the personnel year in, year out up front. Well, weren't they, uh, but let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Weren't they headed in that direction after the North Carolina game where they did open it up and Tyler threw for 500 yards or close to 500? Uh, didn't it seem like you know, they were funny that headed in that. that direction? I think it's funny you bring that up because all he did was use the same package, the same power package, and just – just extended a little bit, but they were still the same personnel. The fittings were the same. He came out and said, I'm not doing anything different. Yeah, the only thing he did was spread them out a little bit more, but with the same personnel. You know, still bigs trying to get on littles, still littles trying to go ahead and cover bigs. It it was the same thing, and those mesh concepts, nothing changed. It was the same thing. I think you also got to point out in that UNC game that, Tyler finally felt a little bit more comfortable in the pocket, and he wasn't comfortable the first couple of weeks in the pocket. Now, is that his personnel protecting him? Could be. But I I still think that Tyler will not come back. If he he doesn't enter the portal, I think he's crazy. I would enter the portal because there's major value. You don't think Arkansas is going to come up with a million five or two million for him to go ahead and transfer next year, Gary? Oh, he's got he's got major value. There's no doubt about it. Whether it's here at Miami major or elsewhere, so he has major here? value. Why stay here, Gary? Why stay here and be part of an, an, a, another project for another, for next year? You've got a future, and you you've pretty much almost had your future taken away from you while you were here. So how he can trust this staff, especially the Tatum Pat, is insanity. So I don't know, Gary. I hope I'm wrong on all this, but like I said, um, man, there's, I, there you can you can look at all these issues in different ways. You really can. I mean, you know, you could also say to Tyler Van Dyke, look, I mean, this was a rough year, um, but we're going to make sure that you're surrounded by better talent. We're going to make sure you're surrounded by a better line. We're signing a couple five stars. We're going to hit the portal and get a couple, you know, front line offensive linemen to come fortify what we've got in the program. Uh, it's going to be better next year. We got playmakers coming in. We got Ray Ray Joseph coming in. We got Robbie Washington coming in. Uh, I'm sure that they're not stopping there in terms of receivers and playmakers. Uh, we're going to be really good at the tight end position. And, you know, there is a sales pitch yeah, I mean, that you could give Tyler Van Dyke and get him to stay. Plus, we're going to pay you, you know, a half a million, 750, you know, whatever that number is. In NIL money. Yeah, I mean, that, that's one way to look at it. I just don't even think – I don't want to go ahead and, t- and be told I'm going to get some good young guys. I need guys that can play, right? I need, I need the Rambos of the world. I need a guy like Harley. I need to get older guys that can do their job. And then I'd be, I have to be able to find a way to improvise when I see something. Or well, I have to be taught, hey, time to improvise here because, look, the defense just did this. That stuff didn't happen, Gary. No. 
Well, Bruce, Bruce, Warner, who's the who, Bruce Warner, who's the uh, past president of the Everything 305 fan club, he's texting me like a maniac <laughs> right now, screaming, tell everything that Tyler didn't know any of his receivers this year. Doesn't take long to figure things out, man. It really doesn't. Doesn't take that long. You don't have to have years of chemistry to be able to function and, and perform. It doesn't take that long. Maybe a week yeah. or two. But I think chemistry know. does mean that. a lot. I don't agree with you on that. I think yep. chemistry does mean a lot. Uh, people ask people it ask me about the coaching Trust staff. Me. How how does a coaching staff full of all stars like this have a season like Miami had? Uh, and I would say an all star team is not always a team. Okay, and 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 how people point, work together point. and mesh together does matter. Good point. And if you don't trust your coach, not a good sign either. Those guys in office did not trust you. That's beyond obvious, Gary. I mean, it's going to be interesting to but, see where all this goes. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But hey, look, you said that hopefully tomorrow we're going to get another good committee. So that's some good news. I believe you will have uh, another commitment tomorrow night. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know. If, if there's one guy in that building that makes me feel better about things, and, and, and I, I do, I've always told you how much I, I like Martin. But having those eyes in that year, those 35, 40 years of experience that Alonzo has, for him to be able, and I'm sure Mike's done a great job with him, spending all year long scouting, scouting players at the FCS level, at the lower FCS level, not Power Five. I'm sure they've done a phenomenal job. They know who to go after. And uh, that makes me feel a lot better because if there's anybody that can find an experienced interior offensive lineman or a nice tackle that can come in and contribute right away, I think it's him. So I want to stay optimistic in, in terms of that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of concerned, Gary. All right, everything. Well, we'll, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to tell hey. you you're wrong because I know it could go in, in that kind of direction here in the next 12 months. But I feel pretty comfortable that, the team that gets on the field next year is going to be a better team with more talent, with a better culture. I, I think that if, if somebody was a bad apple on this club, they're going to, they're getting weeded out. I don't think that Mario is going to come back and have to deal with some of the problems that he dealt with this year. And most of them uh, probably, in fact, they, I'll just say they can't really be discussed on this show, but uh this was a big, big, Gary, big, is there big anybody that you're surprised? Is there anybody that you're going to be surprised that says, hey, I'm out? No, not at all. Time, you know, either. Nobody. I mean, anything, right? the, the, the only guy that's going to go that, that might go to the portal that you might say, wow, man, I wish that hadn't happened is probably Tyler. Uh, I don't know that there's yeah. many, many more guys that would go to the portal that have a reason to go to the portal that anyone's going to be crying about. I really don't. Um, right. Yep. Yeah. All right, All everything. Well, thank, thank, thank you, man. Thanks for being part of the show. We'll talk face. to you next time. Yep. Have a great Always night. Always a pleasure. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let me go out to the three zero five. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Who's this? Shmira 55. Hey, what's up, Shmira? How are you, man? <laughs> You've been kind of quiet you know, this season. Happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you ever heard if there's nothing good to say, don't say anything at all, you know? 
What do you think, man? Tell us. Tell, tell no, us you know, I'm, just, I'm just happy that the season is over. And it's just really, you know, what I found very comical almost for the last <laughs> two months. I mean, I, you could tell after game three or four this year that this is a total rebuild and, you know, they needed to just start all over and, you know, you could just see things were not going well and what, you know, inevitably was going to happen. This is a lost season, basically. And every week, people just, this team sucks. This team is a little bit better. This team is terrible. They're awful. Fire Mario. Like, did people just not realize what was going on the whole year? Like, it's just unbelievable. Just like the amount of, like, emotions to a week-to-week basis that this fan base has when it was so inevitable what was going on after the fourth game. I mean, it was just so obvious. And just like the people just, even after the Pittsburgh game, you could tell what was already, I mean, we all knew what was going to happen. Sure, it would have been great if they would have gone out there and, you know, put a nice performance, but it is what it is. And even if they did, it wouldn't have changed anything. <laughs> what would have been the difference if they would have won in a sloppy game, 17-14, and Van Dyke would have, you know, you know, played a decent game? What would have been the difference? There's no difference. What's going to happen now is going to happen now anyway. They were going to, you know, have a major roster adjustment. Nothing the last six games of the season was going to change. Everyone knew, you know, you could see what was going to happen. Just really just like so, you know, these fans are just a little crazy. So, you know, I, I was just waiting for the season to end. I'm actually, you know, I don't want to say I'm happy they didn't make a bowl game, but I think that was a blessing in disguise just to get this over with, clear out, you know, a good 20 players and just move on to next year. What was a, what, What's playing in the, uh, I don't even know, the – think of whatever bowl game that wasn't going to help anyone you know in my opinion the Fenway Bowl wanted them you know they got that new game in Boston they they wanted them to come yeah I I I just think it's better off just to turn the page to next year but I agree I totally agree with you yeah I mean and it's just you know just change just every week to week I mean what's the difference they beat a bad Virginia team you don't even score a touchdown I mean is that and there's nothing changed that you know I, I just what I actually was disappointed with in the whole season was actually the um, kind of the strength and conditioning of the players. I don't know, maybe does that mean that the players didn't buy in? But the players didn't look any faster or any, you know, more conditioned than they were in the past. I mean, I think we've, it's in that, you know, we know, you know, the scheme and all that stuff. We could talk, and so we're blue in the face about that, you know, and go over that. But I just didn't re- really see in the players look any bigger or stronger or faster than in the past. So I was kind of disappointed in that, to be honest, because they put such you know, hype into the. Hmm. I, you know, now that I haven't really thought about that, but I can't tell you that you're wrong. I, and, and, and that's a surprise. Like, you know, you got a guy that's considered one of the top strength and conditioning coaches in the country, in the program now, and Aaron Feld, um, they partook, for nine months in a proven program, uh, their fourth quarter program, the off-season workouts that they did, and all those things. And you expected it to show more. You're right. And, you know, we really can't point to this team this year and say, man, that strength and conditioning really showed up and, and, and was proven better this year. Now, hopefully after another nine months, we'll be able to, but you're not wrong, I don't think, about that. 
No, I mean, these kids didn't just, you're right, like you said, these kids didn't just show up a month before practice and just go out there. I mean, they were into the system well into the, you know, the spring. So, I mean, they, they should have, I mean, I don't know. They didn't look any different to me. To be honest, actually, they looked slower. <laughs> <laughs> or not, they didn't look bigger, I can tell you that. But <laughs> You know what bothered me more, more than that? Is all hmm. the all the mental errors and all the busts that we saw out there all season long, all the way down to the last last game, till twelve weeks into the season, we're still seeing busts and coverages and things like uh, that. I mean that tells me that those kids did not work hard enough on the mental side of the game. Well, and then that would be that would be it. Also, that I would think maybe on the physical side that they really just didn't. I'm not a weightlifting guru or anything, but like like that. But I would assume that they just didn't buy into their strength and conditioning, and I guess their eating and all that other stuff. But I, like I said, I, I'm not you know a nutrition uh, guru by any means. But I could just tell you from looking at the players that they didn't buy in. And I could tell you, and I, I think you know I spoke about this earlier in the season, like. My ritual for now, I'm 42 years old. I've been going to games for 40 years now. Was I always like to go down to the to watch the player stretch, you know, like 30, 40 minutes before the game and just see the tempo of the team. This team every week just came out dead. And you could tell they had no emotion and that they really didn't want to be there. And I don't know if that comes from coaching or whatever, but there was just something way off with this team from the start. And they just really didn't look like they had any any juice you know, from game one till the end of the year. And I was at every game, fortunately or unfortunately. <laughs> Lisa's Golden Cane seats have some good uh, free alcohol. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> those halftime, uh, those halftimes in uh, getting drinks uh, prolonged to the third and fourth quarter, I can tell you that. Um, you know, another thing that I just wanted to bring up, you know, we, we make such a big deal about, you know, some, somewhat building this roster from the uh, transfer portal. And I think we got to just, I mean, listen, I, you know, we could just talk about this, but, you know, obviously the coaches know best, hopefully. But you could just look. Look at all the players that are leaving Miami now. You know, I don't know, maybe there's 10 of them now. There'll probably be 10 others. Would you, on a, on a quality team, would you take any of these kids? I, I, I could say I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I don't think any of them are make or break. So, I mean, you really got to be careful with these just because a guy's leaving Alabama or – I see some receiver left Oregon the other day. You know, got to, just because they're leaving a quality program, I, I don't know if that means that they're a quality, you know, player. You know, for the most part, you could just assume that they were probably a bust and they should probably go down. You're not down, but let's say like an Avante Williams. He should probably play at UCF, you know, or, you know, that, that uh, Franklin. He should probably play at UCF as well, something like that. So going down a notch, you know. So I think we've got to really – kind of really navigate whenever someone goes to the transfer porter, oh, Miami should go after him or Miami should get him. You know, because I really didn't see a lot of the guys even last year in the portal that we picked up. And, you know, obviously they were late in the game or something like that. But I don't, I mean, other than maybe one or two, I didn't really see any of the kids have major impacts other than just filling roster spots or, you know, minimal depth in the, you know, in the roster. So, I mean, that's, you know, I think as a fan base, everyone kind of has to, you know, be careful or just kind of have your expectations in order, you know, with that. I think there will be some good players in the portal. I do. Uh, you know. Money is a big factor it, now. Look at the spend. Look, just yeah. look at this. Like, look, just look at, like, you know, a guy like Mesador, how good of a player he is, and he'll be even better next year. 
Yeah. Look at the center on the basketball team, uh, Norchad Omir, how good of a player he yeah. is. I mean, he is a beast, okay? And they got him in the portal. Uh, there are just guys that, you know, want to be somewhere different. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Shamar Stewart, for example, decides to come home and play for play at Miami, yeah. uh, you know, um, you know, you got guys like, you know, guys that have left South Florida sprinkled around all over the place. Uh, you know, Oregon is a team that just lost their offensive coordinator, uh, just lost their third game this year. And, uh, you know, they, they, they still got to play a bowl game. You don't know what's going to happen there, but um, you know, look at how they have guys that are already headed to the portal that were pretty decent recruits and players. I, I, you know, I wonder if Mario is going to try to reunite with some of these guys from Oregon that he recruited Oregon, that he felt so good about that roster when he left there. Uh, so yeah. I don't no, know but, that I would judge it. Also, they, just, I mean, the most of the guys that are leaving now for the most part, and you know, not every one of them, but they were high recruits also. Like Avante Williams, Thad Franklin. I mean, all those guys were – Four, you know, four-star players, you would say, you know, legit four-star players. And, you know, what for whatever it is, just didn't work out or really just didn't show much on the field. So we'll see. You know, there, you know, listen, there's always hit, hit and misses with everything. But, you know, I think this roster and what it's going to have to be is built through recruiting classes. And, you know, thank goodness at least Mario can – he could definitely do that. That's a proven commodity. Um <laughs> You know, one thing I could say is as a fan base, I think we all need to – hopefully we don't win – well, I hope we do win the offseason again, but hopefully winning the offseason actually translates into victories because we're damn good at winning the offseason, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I have a feeling we're going to probably win it again because, you know, with Mario, I mean, anything's possible. Any recruit is free game, and, you know, they, you know he's relentless at that. So there's no doubt about it. I feel like we're going to be on the right side of a lot of recruiting battles and all these offseason – victories so let's just hope you know and by the way next year if you look at that football schedule that is not as easy of a schedule as this year so the team actually could be better with almost the same result maybe a game or two here or there but this isn't talking about wins and losses it's a much more difficult schedule if you ask me yeah well we'll see so all right Shmira. we'll see all right well, Gary, thanks, good thanks up for your insight you as always you got it, and I'll be in touch. You got it, man. Take care. Have a good one. You got it. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's get some first-time callers tonight. I see you guys lurking out there in in the uh, phone bank and uh, wanting to be shy and not come on the show. Uh, let's get some new perspectives tonight. Uh We'd love to hear from some first-time callers this evening. Uh, first, let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's going on, Gary? Going good. Who's this? This is Eric. Hey, Gary, what's up, Eric? I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about the commitment. I just wanted to say, I don't know if you felt the same, but I feel like the kids taking – I mean, it just shows, it just shows honestly, the coaching staff can do, but – the kid's honestly taking a serious gamble, if you Why? think about it. No, I mean, if you just think about it, I mean, obviously Michigan's very good at developing kids, and obviously they're in the playoffs, and then we're obviously in the spot we are. Miami's been very good at developing defensive ends. 
No, no, I'm just saying in general. In general, like I'm Jalen Phillips, like, Greg Rousseau, Mesador had a nice year this year. You got Jason Taylor in the building to coach him. I mean, what's the gamble? There's no gamble. I'm saying that we haven't looked good this year. Obviously, Michigan has consistently looked good for the last couple of years. But but we did look good on the defensive line. They looked fine on the defensive line. And if they if they did anything wrong to my, to my eye and, my, and in my opinion, it would be they rotated too much. They didn't have their best players on the field way too often. No, I think you're looking at it the wrong way. I, I agree that our defense is good, but I'm saying that obviously Michigan has been better throughout what we've done at developing guys. So it just shows that shows what our coaching staff is, is preaching to the kids and the belief that these kids have in our coaches. That's the way I look at the commitment. Because I mean, it's like it's like a, in my opinion, it's like why would a kid go to Miami over Alabama? Or a wide receiver go to Miami over Ohio State. It's like Ennis. The only reason why Ennis would come to Miami is because he believes in the coaches and the NIL. So, like, that's the way I look at it. What, what, what do you think the chances are that Ryan Day is the, is the coach at Ohio State for the next four years that Brandon Ennis might be there? 50%. 50? Yeah, I would agree maybe 50 I mean, he's the guy that the NFL is interested in because of his ability to call plays and stuff. So, I mean, listen, this stuff changes, man. By the time Brandon Innes is a sophomore or junior in college and ready to really rock and roll, Miami football might be about to be back. You know, it's like, you know, kids get all caught up in this whole recruiting stuff and stuff. But these things, you know, if if you're Brandon Innes, you either want to play – near home or not play near home, you know, not because Miami sucks and, and it's going to suck while you're for your entire time period as a college football player, because that may not necessarily be the case. And you could be a difference in making sure that's not the case if you're a good player. So Colin Zachimapong, he's not gambling. He's going to come down here. He's going to be coached by Joe Salvea, Jason Taylor, uh, and who's an NFL Hall of Famer, and Rod Wright, who played in the league also as a defensive end. Like, that's not too shabby, man. Well, can you say that he's gambling on our program? And and if it ends up being a gamble that wasn't a good one, and things change or things don't go well, the transfer portal's always there. No, no doubt. And trust me, Michigan would take him back. So no, he's doing what he... Not. Eric, he's doing what he thinks is the best thing for him. Which is honestly the best thing for us as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, Gary, the other thing I wanted to mention, it wasn't really much mentioned, but hopefully everyone can go support the basketball team. I mean, they look really, really good. I've been to pretty much all the games that are at home. I mean, hopefully they can get a, a good crowd out there. The students have been pretty much energetic, but I mean, hopefully the, the, the fan base can go out there. They're a really good team. Are you going to be there tomorrow night? For sure. I yeah, mean, that's a big, I mean, that's a big game, game, man. So far. If, you, if, if you live in South Florida, listen to Eric, man. Tomorrow night's game against Rutgers is a really good game. They've got a 6'10 center that's averaging like 17 points and 10 rebounds a game. He's going to be a handful. Uh, this will be like an ACC quality basketball game tomorrow night. So 
If you can make it, do so. But that will be all, Gary. Thank you as well for having the show. All right, Eric. Uh, thanks for being part of it. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go out again to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Seven eight six, you with us? Hey Gary, I'm just listening. I already spoke. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, that's weird. Things uh, went a little haywire here for a minute. Okay, apologize for that. All right. Um, so we got a. We actually have a wide open queue right now. So if you want to get on, uh, hit the one on your keypad, and uh, you can come on the show. Uh, the number is five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. Uh, in the meantime, I will uh, cover some of the topics that were uh, submitted by the fans and on our message boards at canesport.com. We're also going to be joined by the voice of the fan at some point here, uh, Bruce Warner, who's got a whole lot that he would like to talk about on, on tonight's show. Actually, before I do that, uh, we just had uh, someone pop back in from the 850. So let's, uh, let's go there first. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? How are you doing, man? Who's this? It's Jason. Hey, what's up, Jason? How are you, man? I, I saw you kept popping in and out. I didn't know, I didn't know if you were going to Yeah, stick. I had something. Kept, something kept coming up. Something kept coming up. I was trying to handle some business, and you said you was empty, so I just had to call right back. Um, first time no call, problem. a long-time listener. Um, i got to say I love what you guys do, Matt, too. But thank you. I listen to some of these guys that call in all the time, and I've never heard people so negative. Um, well, think about it, man. You're expecting this season to be really good. You're all excited. Yeah. New, st- new staff, all-star coaching staff. Uh, you've got Tyler back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're thinking, you're thinking this could be a nine-win season maybe, you know, good good rebound yes. season. And – it was the exact opposite. So yeah, man, people are negative. People are down. People are disinterested. Um, people are mad. You know, we, we see, we've yeah, seen it. That's, big that's time. true. Yeah. Right. But what, what I will say is though, I was one of the ones that said, Hey, eight, nine, maybe 10 wins. But, um, as the season went along, if you notice Mario kicked everybody out of practices, didn't want everybody to see what was going on. Um, you kind of saw after the first game that, Things weren't really clicking because you should have beat Bethune like a drum even more than they did. Southern Miss, you should have beat the dog shit out of them too. But as the season progressed, you see that. When I say this, I agree with you with the Texas A&M game too. They fought their ass off and came up short. And after that, you could kind of tell that things were going into the toilet, right? I agree with you on that sentiment. So after that, I think you started seeing the many country club players really start to throw in the towel. Yep. Now, that being said, we got our ass kicked in the last home game. We got our ass kicked against Clemson. But look at today. Mario just plucked the highest-rated recruit out of Michigan's class. And you want to know, know why? Is it crazy? Is. I mean, it's crazy. It's because of relationships. 
The kid said it was built on relationships. We got the best recruiter in the country. I hope he kind of learns. The, 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 the thing on Mario is he's stubborn and he doesn't adapt at some point, at certain points. I'm hoping that he will at some point learn to adapt and kind of be like Saban. As Saban has gotten older, if you ever noticed Saban learning to adapt to different things, he kind of gave up. You know, his, you know. Let me stop you. Can I stop you for? Can I stop you for one sec? Sure, go ahead, bro. Like because I I've, I have heard this so much, and there's just not. It's just not fair, and it's not. It, it, you know, like when you when you say adapt, you're talking about offensive system. Yeah, basically. Okay, so all right, so. He tried to hire Rob Chudzinski, who is an NFL offensive yep. coordinator for two decades, uh, was a Miami national championship coordinator, tried to get him to come back and run the offense. Uh, Chud just couldn't swing that at this point of his life. He's devoted to family up in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was a, he was a consultant at Boston College. Mario tried right. to hire Ken, Ken Dorsey to come down here and bring the Buffalo Bills offense to Miami and install mm-hmm. that. Uh, probably would have been a little bit different than what Chud would have done. Two totally distinct offensive systems, but mm-hmm. would have been just fine with Mario to have the Buffalo Bills right. offense installed at Miami. Okay, that didn't work out. Ken Dorsey had different plans. They were going to make him the OC at um, right. Buffalo, and he couldn't get him to come to Miami. Talked to some other guys, you know, the head coach at Toledo, uh, Jason Candle, mm-hmm. spoke to him. He has a, a system that's different than Josh Gaddis's. Uh, he spoke to some other guys, and he ended up making the move on Josh Gaddis, who won the Broyles Award, and, and his offense was good enough that, that Michigan went to the college football playoff last year. So what Josh right. Gaddis came in here and installed doesn't mean he installed Mario's system. Mm-hmm. Is the point is the point I'm making to you. So, like, I'm hearing this stereotype, and, and you're not the only one. I've heard this a thousand times in the last couple months. You know, Mario's stubborn. Mario has to change his system. Mario's system is archaic. Um, and all these things. <clears throat> there is no Mario system. Mario had different offensive coordinators at Oregon, too. There is no such right. thing as a Mario system. And everybody is just repeating what they hear from each other and keep saying this, and it is just not accurate. There is not a Mario Cristobal system that he is being stubborn about, and he is refusing to change. Okay. Now, I hear what you're saying, but what I mean is when you know you don't have the horses to run what you want to run, which I know he wants to run the power spread, which I would, I would prefer that anyway because look at what George does. Bama does it. Oregon does it. Ohio State does it, Michigan does it, right? But when you see that you don't have the horses to run what you want to run, I know he wants to do a full rebuild, which is fine with me, but, you know, TVD ain't built for this right now. You see he's got his ass kicked. He got hurt. So, like, Rhett Lashley adjusted to what TVD did best, right? So, for this season, you know, we were deemed up. We had a lot of injuries, but try to work with what you got. He's going to get it done. It's going to get done regardless because I got full faith in the man. Like I said, he just flipped a dude from a team that, that was their highest offensive, high, highest rated recruit. And it's built on relationships. And like you were saying earlier, the whole staff texts these kids, calls these kids every single day. It's going to get done. But I think these 
like I said, these Manny Country Club players, when he got there, they worked the shit out of him. They figured, oh, man, I'm not, I'm, I ain't cool with this. This ain't what I'm used to. So let them hit the portal. Let's dump about 20, 25 kids. Let's get this class in. Hit the portal hard. And I guarantee you, next year will be different because I think Dadis ain't going to be here no more. Somebody's got to take the fall for 19 points a game. Somebody's no, got to take the fall for that. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Well, like I said early, earlier in the show, I think you can debate that multiple ways. I don't know what Mario's going to do. You know, I, I think you could find plenty of reasons to not blame it on Josh Gaddis if you don't want to. And I know everyone's angry, and I get it. Like, the offense was, was horrible this year. And, you know, there were certainly lots of times where, you know, I was watching and I'm saying the same thing as you guys, you know, or whatever. But I also understand that the offensive line – that was average at best to start, lost three starters. I understand understand that there was no number one receiver the whole year. The running backs, there was really no number one running back. And, you know, they just didn't have great personnel. So do you think a guy that you you gave a three-year contract to and you pay him $3 million to go away? And, you know, mm-hmm. because you couldn't win with what we gave you and you couldn't, you know, I mean, look, like I am not sitting here defending Josh Gaddis. I, I know he had a horrible year. Uh, I did not see uh, an offensive being run that looked, you know, well schooled. I saw a lot of mental mistakes. I saw quarterbacks to the very end that had no clue what they were doing. I mean, no clue whatsoever. I don't see, like, you turn on college football, you do not see the kind of things that we saw watching Miami this year. I mean, Ja'Curry Brown comes in the game the other day against Pittsburgh, throws a ball down the middle of the field. There's not a receiver within 20 yards of that. Have you ever in your life? Like, I don't see that when I watch Alabama and Georgia and, and, and I didn't see Pittsburgh do that. And, you know, I didn't see anybody really the Miami played do, do that. I don't remember one play the entire season against Miami's defense where a ball was thrown right to James Williams and nobody was there. No receiver was in the, in, in the vicinity. Um, so okay. I don't know, man. Let me like, bring up one more like, point. This thing can go multiple ways. Yeah, go ahead. One more point. Um, what, I was, what I had heard in the offseason last year, that basically Harbaugh kind of took the reins from Gaddis at some point and had a passing game coordinator installed. That's why the offense looked so much better last year. Okay, but and let me ask you a question. Let's say right that's now. true. Let's say that's true, mm-hmm. and we don't know it's true, but let's say that's true. That's right. Isn't he bringing that – It doesn't. I mean, he was the offensive coordinator. He's got those plays. If they were great plays that this – so-called passing game coordinator at Michigan brought to the equation last year when they went to the college football mm-hmm. playoffs, wouldn't he have brought that in his folder and, and put them in this offense here? All I'm saying is that I was, when I'd heard, he was taking the reins were pulled back some from it. And they look better this year than they did last year. Well, they look pretty good when I saw them the other day, I'll tell you that. I didn't watch Damn them a ton dude. last year. I, I know I, I remember watching I that their, their playoff game against Georgia, and I thought it was one of the worst offensive game plans I'd ever saw. And he was running well, it. Who can and, up and, right now? and but I mean, 
beyond that, I really didn't watch a ton of Michigan football last year. I did watch their game last week, and and uh, I thought they looked they unbelievable. They kicked the shit out of Ohio State. They did. They looked unbelievable. They looked they really, really good. They still get their ass kicked in the playoff, but no, no argument. Georgia's ball game this year again. Well, I appreciate your time, brother. I just want to chime in. You know what I'm saying? I love what you guys do. love listening to it. I just wish some of these guys would take a step back and look at the whole picture because as the season went along, you see there were major issues, and he's got the clean house. That's the bottom line because there are too many soft, many country club players in that locker room still there. And I think when he got there and they realized how hard this fourth quarter program was, they wasn't about that work. Yeah. Well, they are, they are cleaning house. All right, Gabe, so, all right man. Thank you for being part of the show. Evening. Yep, you got it. 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad. You want to come on the show? Let's go to the 845. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Gary, how you doing? Right. Hey, what's up, Greg? I'm ready. Uh, I got some uh, stuff here. Uh, by the way, Tyreek Stevenson. The only place he'll get drafted is by the army. Okay, he he is <laughs> no, no, no. He'll get he'll get drafted. <laughs> He's not getting drafted, Gary. He'll He's going to get drafted. I've spoken to NFL people now. I'm not, you know, I've been told fourth to six. You got to be kidding. Right? I'm telling you, I was you told fourth to six. Now he he wants to go first to third, Greg, and that's not probably going to happen. So he might come back. Oh, no, I hope not. Please stay. Go into the draft. We don't need him. He's him and Ivy and James Williams. No, we don't. I'm telling you, you need him. No, we don't. He's terrible, Gary. What has he done? George let him go. They didn't want him anymore. He's not terrible. Some of those some of those passes from this year that you're blaming on him were not his fault. He was supposed to have safety help. So who's so Cam Kinchin's fault? Well, you, if if you, if if you're doing your assignment and your assignment is not to chase the receiver all the way across the field or on a deep post, and you're supposed to have a safety picking him up, and he's not there, and now you're chasing because there's no one covering the guy, and it looks like it's your fault. Like, what are you supposed to do? Okay, all right, we got. Kevin Steele's telling you that he thinks the defense played well. Five games, they gave up 40 or more points. That's good defense? No. Are you kidding? This is a joke. There was a disconnect. There was a disconnect, Greg. You're so right. Uh, Way too many mental mistakes. there, There was a clear, well, I don't know whether his system was too complicated or what, I mean, this is a veteran defensive coach who's coached in a lot of places uh, with, with, you know, obviously different levels of success based on the talent and stuff that he had in the different schools. But um, there, was a, there were issues this year when, and when you're, I would say arguably Cam Kinchins was one of his best two or three defensive players for sure, made all ACC, by the way. And uh, when he's making busts in week 12, like, to me, there's something wrong. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, by the way, you said Florida looked slow the other night. Oh they scored God. 38 points, Gary. 
How small about their defense? How about their defense? Their defense looks slow as heck. Well, they're not a good defense, but they, they, they're a lot faster than we are. We scored three points against Florida State. Yep, I agree. Okay. Now, my next point, Mario. I give Mario an F for this season. I know you like to protect him because you're friends with him. No, I don't, no I don't. I, I, you can give him an F. I, you know, I have my own thoughts about what happened this year, but, but uh, no, I mean, they, they were not a good team this year. They didn't beat a team with a winning record. No. They didn't they did beat not. a team with a winning record. Okay. Nope. Mario, I want to ex- quickly. Tom Coughlin coached the Giants after his third year. He was a hard ass like Mario. The owner said, you better change your way, and he did, and they ended up winning two Super Bowls. Mario's an intense guy, the hard worker. Maybe he's working the coaches too hard and the players too hard. Is, he, is that a possibility? 100%. And that would be my explanation for you know, some of the things that we saw this year. Um, I think he overbaked it a little bit. I think he, you know, he had good intentions. I think he's coaching, he was coaching these guys like he's coaching Alabama to try to win the national title. But these kids, in no way, shape, or form, seemed like they were ready to handle that. And they certainly weren't ready to handle it when they went to College Station and they ended up losing that game. And, and I thought that this team was not the same ever since that night in Texas. I thought they were, they were a decent team against Texas A&M. And I know Texas A&M had a garbage season and maybe it was a false picture because Texas A&M is not that good, but I left college station feeling decent about this team and what they might be like this year. And they went the exact opposite direction. They imploded. They didn't show up for middle Tennessee state and it went downhill from there. And I was kind of shocked and, I've been thinking a lot. How did this happen? Why did it happen? And, you know, I think that these kids were not mentally up to the task of being coached the way that Mario was trying to coach them. So if you want to blame him for something and, and have it be legit and you say that, I would 100% agree with you like I am right now. And I think you're right. And I think you're onto something. Um, but all these, you know, these, everybody that talks about offensive systems being archaic and Mario being stubborn, he won't adapt and all this, that's all just cliches. And, um, you know, I don't think that stuff has a lot of validity. Gary, Mario was never a coordinator. Okay. Correct. He doesn't a, have a system. He doesn't have a system. He's not an guy. He needs he's good not imposing. But my point is he's not imposing a system on his team and on his coordinator. He is hiring I a coordinator to install a system. You want, you want to improve the team? Hire Garrett Riley as your offensive coach and Charlie Partridge as your defensive coach. That will improve the team, okay? Garrett Riley, look what he's you done. Might, you might see here. Charlie Partridge on the staff. Don't be Mark, shocked. Don't be shocked if you see Charlie Partridge on the staff. I think he's going to be the coordinator next year. I hope I'm right. All right. 
By the way, this big surprise, when is it going to happen? I know this kid from uh, Michigan is not the big surprise that's coming this week, right? It it was the first one. There'll be another one tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay. All right. Thank you, Gary. Have a good night. All right, Greg. Yep. Thanks, as always, for being part of the show. All right, let's bring on the uh, voice of the fan, Bruce Warner here. Uh, the phone number to call in, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show and complain about Mario Cristobal being archaic and not adjusting. Um, Bruce, welcome back to the show. Uh, I know you got a lot of pent-up things you want to say, so I'm just going to turn the microphone over to you. Well, first of all, let me say that I was trying to eat my dinner until you texted me and said, I need you on the show. So there goes that the money that I just spent. I need some help, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're doing great. I, I, actually, I'm enjoying the show. I'm listening to the show. No, you're doing good. I, I, you know, Greg was on. What did you say before about 305? I was the head of his fan club. Is that what you said? <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, I, these guys are all good. I listen to all these shows, you know. They're, not, everybody's, not everybody's wrong. Some people are out of control, but, you know, they're not always wrong. Look, the, we've been bitching for 20 years, and it, we've been right most of the time. But here we are, you know, it's time to make some changes, and it's happening right in front of us. And you're witnessing it, and we're all witnessing it. And, you know, we've been saying it for years, but I, I think Mario is, is doing what he has to do. He doesn't have any choice. I just think that there's so many things that went wrong in the last couple of years, mostly, you know, and I, you know, we talk about it cause I'm on the show with you and Lamar. Um, I, I told you from the first week, I didn't like the offensive play calling. I didn't like the offensive coordinator. I've been saying all along, I don't like to play the D tackles. I think I'm right. They don't have any speed, which is everybody's bringing that up. That's very scary. Um, and you know, it is hard to watch this, but it's easy to figure out why. There's not a lot of talent. And you've been saying that for years about this. And the recruiting, and we talked, you know, I talked to Bluestein, I talked to this person, that person, and they don't get on these guys quick enough. Some of these guys that they get on, well, you know, I'm already committed to North Carolina, I'm committed here. They've got to fix the whole damn thing. And I remember we were talking about it a year ago at this time, just before they made the switch is that they have to do a better job of recognizing talent, getting into these kids early, um, and making sure these kids stick, and developing the players. I don't know that many of these kids that just walked out the door that got much better. Franklin didn't get much better. Williams didn't get much better. Um, You know, we talked all preseason about Keyshawn Smith being the key. What happened to him? He's not even here anymore. He didn't develop. So when you look at stuff like this and you have expectations, well, this is, he's a junior, he's going to be better. Not necessarily. Not if what Mario said is true. These kids don't know how to work. So there's so many things that went wrong. It's like putting the balls in a, in a bingo machine and it spins around. Just pop one out. That's, you're right. Pick out another one. Hey, that guy's right. That's what, that's, what, that's what happened this season. And it's a good thing. I said to you last week, I think this is a blessing in disguise but I'm assuming that Mario's going to fix this. If Mario, Mario can't fix this, then, uh, as you say, then nobody can. And I don't know if that's really true, but I believe that he's the guy to get it done for Miami. 
And, this is you know, such a big job, it. Bruce. It's it's yeah. huge. It's it's enormous, man. It's it's like you need a tireless, resilient um, guy that knows what it's supposed to look like. I mean, look at what's going on recruiting. I mean, do you think this is going on? If Manny Diaz is here, you think we're you're, you're flipping Collins at Schmipong from Michigan? <laughs> you know, do that's you think that's, getting, what I, that's what I've been saying? That's what do, I do. You think you're say. getting two of the top offensive tackles in America? Like, there's no <laughs> chance that this would be happening. No, there's no chance. There's no chance. And and that's what I said. That um, you know, everybody's looking at all the negativity. But a, a few few weeks ago, starting a few weeks ago, I said, let's look at the positives. Look at the recruiting class. Look what's going on here. And if that's what's happening in recruiting, it's going to happen in the portal. And then he has to get rid of a lot of guys. Well, he's done a damn good job so far. These kids that are walking out, they didn't do anything for this, for this school, not much. And so you have to be positive. Now, am I positive he's going to get rid of Gaddis? No. But on the flip side, if this happens again next year, how much is that going to cost us? What will it cost us? Not money-wise, in terms of recruiting. Because if the offense stinks again next year, then what happens to us? So, you know, I am concerned about that. But um, I'm not saying he has to be fired, but I wouldn't be happy if he stays here. That's for damn sure. And do you know for a fact that if he stays, TVD is gone? Has anybody really said that as a fact? Because I don't know that. TVD hasn't said that. I mean, I've heard that. Right. You know, I've I've heard it, you know, from some pretty decent sources that TVD was not happy with what was going on on offense. Uh, Who was? I would not be, I would not be shocked if he goes into the portal at all. I mean, I wrote about that right. already. I mean, would not surprise me in the least because if you're him and his family, you're sitting there thinking, okay, we thought at this point we would be making an announcement that we're going to the national football league draft. Okay. That clearly is not going to happen. This year was a disaster. Now we got one more year here to get it right, do I want to, in, you know, gamble that year on an offensive coordinator that I don't believe in, you know, and, and that puts Mario in a horrible place because firing Josh Gaddis means going in and telling Dan Radakovich and these guys, I screwed up and it's going to cost you guys 3 million to, to, to fix my mistake. And I know I'm asking you to spend that 3 million already elsewhere uh, but you're gonna have to find another three million. Well, where, where, who's who's writing all these checks? You know, I mean, you know, they're already getting ready to build 150 to 200 million dollar facilities in facilities. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, so I I'm just kind of like, you know, well, with all the money I, I went out, I went out, Bruce. Three million is a blip. Yeah, well, it is. In, in a, uh, right. Stock. I mean, listen, right. What's three million when you're spending 150? I get it. That's but my, uh, yes. It, but can they do this again? Can they, do they really know if this guy can really coach? Because it's not just, that we, you know, it's just not that they didn't succeed. It's why the play calling was mind boggling. And, yeah, I don't, you know, if you're I don't think they know anything. I don't think they know anything in either, in either direction. That's the scary part. You know, you're kind of scapegoating yes. them. He didn't have the talent. He did not have the talent. Um, he had just figured it out at the North Carolina game. They threw for almost 500, and then Tyler gets hurt a week or so later. So, you know, yep. I don't know. Hey, Bruce, let's hit the pause button for a minute, and let's uh, get one of our callers on. Um, sure. Let's, uh, the number is 
999-3550-563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, good morning. Uh, good, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I think you have a terrific show. That's, that's right. I don't know the difference. Fans. I know. I've been <laughs> 40 plus years. Just a couple comments. Which, you know, as it, it, bad as Mario Cristobal's uh, win loss record was this year, I agree with you. He is the key uh, in terms of bringing in the recruits and, 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 you know, really making the loaded changes that are necessary. It was painful to watch this year. In terms of Gaddis, yeah, as you've articulated, Gary, it's a rough decision. You know, uh, how, how do you, what do you say to Mr. Radakovich? You know, where do you get the $3 million from? But he was, I mean, I couldn't believe what I was watching during the year. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, two minor things. One is on the sidelines of the games, I see these two guys that I think have to have to leave, right? One is Ed Reed. Get him out. All right, he's toxic. Listen, he was my hero. He was my hero until he started the reckless uh, tweets and all this kind of crap. We don't need him on the sideline of games. Wait, who, who is that? Who, who are you talking about? Who Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Uh-huh. Who else? He doesn't pull you want him out? Who's pull your number out. two? He doesn't. What? Number two guy you want out. You said well, two guys. Yeah, two guys. Who's this guy with the handlebar mustache that hogs the scene with Mario? Every time I, I, I see Mario, you know, there's, there, there's this guy. He's got to be a narcissist. I don't know what his story is. but like, No, that's his job, man. His job is to keep Mario off the field. <laughs> well, well, then, you know what? Then then we keep him. I don't know. but You can tell. He's the strength guy. coach. He's the strength He's, coach, Aaron Feld. What strength coach in the – what other college football team has a strength coach – hogging the camera with the head coach of a team. Can you name one? His I, I, job I is to keep know. Mario back. Keep the sideline in order. Isn't that what you have that cop there for, Ed Hudek? Isn't he supposed to do that? You no, know? no, he's not involved with that. <laughs> no, he's not supposed to do that. He's, Ed Hudek's <laughs> there to protect Mario. He's That's there to protect Mario. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, you know, you know, from a physical standpoint, I don't know what kind of coach he is, all kidding aside, but we, we didn't look physically superior to other teams this year. Bingo. So, you know, I, I, I agree with you on that, man. I agree that. with you. Yeah. Anyway, I really enjoy uh, hearing you, Mr. Warner and uh, Mr. Furman. You guys have a terrific show. I wake up every morning. I look forward to to hearing you guys on the radio. And, uh, oh, it's not me. You know, keep up the work. Well, I got that. And it's also that other guy, Zuby, whatever his name is. Uh, but, but it's a great show. And Yeah, yeah. But it's a great show, and I look forward to Tuesdays. And and and, and thank you. Okay. Well, thank you, man. We're doing the show with Lamar tomorrow night. No, we're doing the Lamar show Thursday night this week. Oh, Thursday but, night. Um, uh, yeah, Thursday night. Tomorrow night's the tomorrow night's Big Ten ACC challenge. So okay. So we're defer, we're deferring to Jim Laranega and everybody that wants to watch that and go to that. So, all right, man. Well, hey, listen, thank thank you so much for those kind words. Uh, Just know that we appreciate you, too. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, So, Bruce, where do we leave off? Let's see. Um, You know, well, I was talking about the lack of 
lack of talent on the team. You have to have talent, but you have to have guys that work hard too. You you have to. I mean, you asked me to. I, I called Damian Lewis before. I asked him to come on the show, but he's out in California. He's got a meeting now. He couldn't do it, but you know, he was part of the rebuild when Butch got there. He knows what it's like, and I was, he was telling me. He, I wanted him on the show to talk about it, but you know, it's not easy. You have to really keep your focus. But you just can't, because you're not winning doesn't mean you don't try hard, you don't play hard, you don't bust your ass for the school. You have to. And it just seemed like this team didn't do that. Now, I don't know whether they were burnt out from the summer. I don't know what Mario did during the week in terms of practicing. I don't know. But it was scary to see how they came out of the gate in almost every game slow. But they did that with Manny, though. They did it last year, too, coming out of the gate slow. So, you know, and the mental mistakes and, and then all the things that went into this season being so bad. Um, he's trying to just purge that out of their systems and get new guys in here that'll buy into what he wants to do. It's not necessarily his system. Listen, if he's got a quarterback that can run and throw, he'll use it. You know, and he's got Van Dyke. He's got to use him to throw the ball. That's what he does well. He throws the ball. But you have to have blockers. And I think, and I think you'll agree. I don't know about Jakari so much, but I, I definitely – Definitely with Jake and with TVD, they were gunshot because every time they took a snap, they almost got killed. And after a while, it gets to you. It does get to you. You just can't sit in that pocket. You, you get, your feet get jittery. You want to run. or um, It's not healthy to sit back there with these guys on the offensive line. So that's the area. It, 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 was, it was beyond ridiculous at the end of the year. It really yeah, was. Beyond I mean, it, it was beyond ridiculous. I mean, like those offensive linemen – you know, they were recruited because they supposedly had ability to be college offensive linemen. I mean, they got, they got to have more pride than what they showed out there. I mean, you, you're, you know, you had your starting quarterback uh, beaten out of the game, and then you put your backup in, and he's getting the living daylights pummeled out of him every week. Yep. Um, yep. To, you know, it's, it's like, and then you, so then, you know, the, your only choice is to put a running quarterback in and let him run in the middle because th- that way no one's sitting in the pocket and getting killed. But all that does is get you three points. So like, I yep. mean, I don't know, man, it, you know, it was just a mess. I'm glad that they got to the end of the season. They can hit the reset button. I think you will see a lot more talent on this roster in September. Uh, I think, you know, they're going to have 40 new players to start next season. And I think that's what they needed. It's the kind of nuclear reboot that they needed. And uh, I'm only surprised we're not seeing more. I'm going to the transfer portal announcements because there should be a lot more coming. Yeah. Well, I, I know there will be, but you know, I, I, as we said last week on LT show next year, they're going to be better, but because they're going to be younger for the most part, they may only win six or seven games next year, but you can just like when Butch was there. And in the year after that, it'll kick in, yeah. and they'll start they'll win being, more than that. I think. Well, I don't know. I mean, they have a, they have some rough games on the road next year. But, but they're bringing in some playmakers, guys that can do something. I mean, they should be better. All right. Well, I think they need to bring in a quarterback just in case Van Dyke is hurt. Now, do you know what, exactly what happened to him? What is his issue? Because I haven't heard a thing. Whether it's a rotator, he's got cup, a partially separated shoulder. He's got a is, is, oh, it's separated shoulder, or, or, or maybe dislocated, or it's one of those two. Uh, you know, his shoulder I think got pot knocked out or something. You know, yeah. I don't. Um, okay, well, that's so, not as bad so, as a so, rotator cuff. So, so you know, they, no, no. So they you know they they pop it back in and put it back in place, but you got to rehab that and rebuild the muscles. Right um, around the yeah, around the area, correct. Around the All area, right, yeah, fine. and and and. 
and he's trying to throw a football, and I'm sure it hurt, you know. And then, and then when you get slammed down to the ground, that doesn't help uh, matters at all. So uh, I know just a total mess, Bruce. You know, there's no there's no way to sugarcoat. What do you know about Rivers' injury? What do you know about Rivers' injury? Is he coming back? I, I don't. Or you don't know? I don't. I don't know. I don't have a report on that at this point. Um, okay. Yeah, and of course, everybody's worried about Citizen. I saw you guys saying that he might not be there for the spring, but they don't need him for the spring. They need him to be healthy for next season. Yeah, I don't know so if he'll be not out gonna, there. It's not 100%. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see him in spring practice or not. Um, uh, we got another caller on the line, Bruce, so let me go to that real quick. Let's go out to the 304. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Uh, Great show, like always. Hey, I just, you know, something that came out from the game this week was Cam's Kitchen's uh, speech, and then no one else actually stood up and said anything. And I think that that shines a light on, you know, Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, I don't want to be all over the guy, but I think it's probably best for him to go someplace else. A fresh start is sometimes the best for everyone involved. But it's hard for me to believe that our – Preseason Heisman favorite, first round uh, draft pick uh, quarterback doesn't really have that leader quality in him. I I just don't see it. I was a season but, but, but I, let me ask. Was, what, what's your name? What's your name? Oh, I'm Hurricane Blaze on the board. Okay, so here's my question to you: What does Cam Kinchin's speech have to do with TVD? Maybe he was in the in in, in the in the medical office when he got in that locker room you know who knows he might not have been just standing around doing nothing he may have been in the medical office getting worked on i'm sure that's what okay that, to hey him. hey bruce that's a I, that's a good point we don't know maybe maybe uh gary knows maybe he's got the uh you know ear to the ground no no I, I don't know where he was at that moment but but, but, but bruce is making a legitimate games. point excuse me i was at the games and i never saw tv uh tvd he, ne- he never was in the game, it seemed like. E- every time he would come off the field, he was on his side. Sure, he might have been talking to a coach on the side, but he never had that. There's a reason why half the fan base was excited about Garcia uh, during the Middle, Middle Tennessee State game when he came in because the stadium was electric. The, uh, the team got excited. Uh, there's, there's, just, there's just something there. I understand he had a good season last year. I understand he had a big game against UNC. But other than that, I, I just don't see it. I, I know he's got the tools to be great, but th- let me ask you two. Would you like to have a leader at quarterback versus someone that's just, you know, protecting? I don't know and, if he's not a leader. Right. I, know, I, know, I know Jake's got a personality that everybody attaches themselves to. I, so that, to me, that's the most obvious. Is that he's a kid that everybody likes. They all bond and they rally around him. I can't say that TBD doesn't have a personality or is not a leader. Yeah, I can understand your point, though. I don't really see him leading, but um, it doesn't mean he doesn't have the capabilities. I mean, last year he put him on their back six straight 300-yard games. So what happened this year? I said it from the first game that they played. He, he's in the pocket. He looked bad. His footwork was horrible. He looks down the field. There's no Rambo. There, there's no um, Harley. There's no Restrepo. They're gone. So, they, you know, I understand somebody says, well, you know, you have to practice and you learn how to. It's not so easy. It's not, it's not easy. You, you have to have some, some sense of comfort. What comfort? Keyshawn Smith is gone because he didn't do much in the offseason to get himself better. They didn't have Young playing the first two or three or four games. So what's left? Another new kid in Ladson who comes from Clemson. What's the, what's the connection he has with these guys? Probably very little. I don't know what they did. 
But, you know, if you're asking me, that's part of the problem. With Another great point. Another great point, Bruce. What, what, what was the quarterback, the first-string quarterback, doing with his receivers during the offseason, during the spring? Was he not working with them? Was he not kind of, you know, doing what teammates do with the offensive line, with the receivers, go out, hang out? There's something off there. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to pinpoint it, but something is off. Maybe, maybe well, it could, just, it could, you know, it could be NIL money. It could, be, it could so, be NIL money involved. or people, he, his so-called legion of followers or his management teams or whatever else he's got going there. I don't know. Maybe he got a, a, a full of himself and it didn't work out for him. But I think, they, I think this team needs him to come back healthy next year because I don't see anybody else that's going to be able to step in. Because I don't think Jake I mean, could be I, here. I, I, I wouldn't I, be surprised again. if Brown's not here. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I can see that happening too. Uh, I don't know. I mean, who, let's see who comes in the portal. But I think if you can get someone that's a game manager and a leader, and if we actually have talent at the receiver come in, it looks like we have young talent at the uh, tight end. Uh, maybe we can get a, a, a good running back in to go along with Citizen, uh, Parrish, and Knighton, and if Cheney can stay healthy. I mean, I feel like we have our offensive line needs to step up, right? But I don't know. I think at some point you got to have that leader on offense the same way you – I guess you'd have Cam as the leader on defense. Uh, anyway, let's go to the next thing. Uh, Stevenson. Okay. I would love to see him come back if he is willing to move to safety. I think him and Kitchens and, – because Stevenson obviously knows football. And I agree. I think he took a lot of flack for some of those blown plays because the safety didn't cover him. They were out of position or they just didn't know the defense, whatever. So having him with his knowledge at safety will probably see less of those mistakes. So I think it would be good for him to come back because if he goes to the NFL, most likely he's going to have to play safety. So if he's not willing to wrap his head around moving to safety and, you know, maybe prolonging his career, then I would say go someplace else. I don't know. Hey, Gary, why don't, you tell, why don't you tell him what I texted you about five minutes ago? About, yeah, about you, the, yeah you, said, you said the same thing, and, 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 and I totally agree with it. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys are exact uh, 100% right. Tyreek Stevenson needs to be a safety, and I would be telling him, look, like, Tyreek, you can get drafted, but they're going to draft you in the fourth, fifth, sixth round and try to make you a safety. If you could come back for next year, make some NIL money, and work on being a safety and prove that you can play safety, you might be able to move into the third round next year. Uh, you know, that would well, be my Mario's job to tell him, listen, you're either going to play safety next year, you might also get into the portal or go into the draft. But I would yeah, I'm, say sure, that. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he's being told town. that. Yep, I'm sure, I agree. I'm sure he's being told that. He but he also has people – recovery speed. I don't he think he's he around him. He does him. not have the recovery speed. Yeah, well, the yeah, well, the ankle schmankle. You know what? He doesn't have recovery speed to be able to play corner. He got beaten by by guys, and they just blew right by him. You know, if he's going to jam guys, it might be one thing. He just does not have that speed. But he he can hit, and when he comes down, he hits people. That's why he should be a safety, and they need to let those young kids be the corners. And I haven't been impressed with Porter either so far. And I he's I don't know. But he Bruce, I will tell you, not everybody agrees with this. Okay. Not everybody, not everybody agrees. That, you know, they like the big, the big corner. Uh, we have other guys that are big, could be corners. 
Because they haven't played because so, they're true I'll freshmen. Make a, I'll make a prediction right now on uh, Mr. Ivy. I mean, really, if you're going to design, if you're going to if you're going to build on your video game a cornerback, most likely they're going to look like DJ Ivy. I understand. I just think he's. I, I don't think we have enough talent, and I think he was playing out of position. I think he would be a great. I think he will be a great. He great. He'll be a good. He'll have eight plus years in the NFL playing nickel corner and special teams. Because I think I heard on uh, your show, Gary. He's one of those players that has a great personality. He, all the no. teammates love him. All the coaches love him. NFL teams are going to love that. And if he if he keeps his head, you know, in, in the game and he's learning football. I could see him easily being there because he does have talent. He was just out of position. So yeah. well, I, he's going to have to make it on special teams for a while. That's for sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think he can. Uh, I just don't know what he's going to run. Uh, if he runs a four, six, five, he's not getting drafted. Let's, oh, I thought he ran a better 40 than that. I thought he was more like a four, four. So. I don't want to take up right. too much time. So I just want to talk about the coordinators. Gaddis. He, so, Right now, Gary, is he not being paid to be the offensive coordinator and the receiver coach? Yeah, he is. Right, he is. So let's. Yeah. So and is he, is he making one point eight to be that? Is that right, roughly? Somewhere there, somewhere one five, one six, one seven, somewhere between one point five and two. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just say one point eight. So if that breaks down, let's say it's a million dollars to be offensive coordinator, eight hundred thousand to be receivers coach. Could you not? Come to him and say, hey, we, you might have a little too much on your plate this year. We'd love to have you at receiver coach, but we're going to bring in a different offensive coordinator. If he says no, you offered him. You didn't, you didn't fire him. You offered him a position on the team still. So that could that not help relieve some of the money of the buyout? Does that make sense it what could, I'm saying? Yeah, it could. I mean, it could, but you're still going to have to come up with some money. But, yeah, it might help a little bit. Okay. Yeah, but do you uh, think he would do that? I don't. I mean, to take no, to take the same, same amount of money to do got, less of a work. You got to give them yeah. the options. The same way he's giving these kids the option, these young men the option to either stay, do this, or go to the portal. He's putting it on them, so he needs to put it on gas to make a decision. And you're right. I don't yeah. think he would. I don't know if I would, but he has to realize too that we're not firing. We're just trying to demote him and keep him on the staff. So, and it's all and it all revolves around money. The other thing too. I've heard rumblings that still might be on the way out, not because he's being asked to leave, because he's ready to retire. Is there any truth to that? And if there is, there could be. There could be some truth to that. Yeah. So who? I mean, what's the deal with Charlie Strong? Because Charlie Strong has been a renowned defensive coordinator over the years. I mean, that's what got him to Louisville. And I know whatever happened in Texas. I think there's a lot of different things happening in Texas. Let's not hold that against. There always is. And I know he did. And I don't think he had a great time and a, a great uh, stint in uh, South Florida, but that's a tough place. Uh, so let's just look at what he did in Louisville and what he did in Florida. And he was, you know, thought of enough to bring, be put on this staff and to go to the uh, – uh, who, who was the uh, – where the hell did he go uh, with Urban Meyer? Jacksonville. So could we not move him to be defensive coordinator? Is that something he would he could do? Be, he he could be life? a defensive coordinator, yes. And I'm gonna, uh, there was a name that was mentioned earlier on the show tonight. Don't forget this one, Charlie Partridge. Yeah, Charlie Partridge, right. So He's a South yeah, Florida guy. Yeah, guy. He was the head coach at FAU at one point. Uh, he's the, he was the D-line D coach at Pittsburgh this year. Uh, I've heard and, and that D-line he was damn good get back year. down here, and don't be shocked if he ends up on the staff 
I don't know if he'd be defense coordinator or not, but they do already have defensive line coaches. It would not shock me. Something we discussed Good. earlier, uh, or you discussed earlier, was how uh, Ponce just doesn't seem like, you know, in, in, I mean, I'm sure he's into the game, but he's not – I don't understand the communication. I didn't see – I mean, like I said, I was a season ticket holder, and I was dumbfounded by some of the lack of communication I saw on the sidelines from the coaches. And we've got this, you know, all-star cast. So if they brought in Charlie – and they've got Charlie Strong already there, and then you got others on the. I mean, is, is, is there is there someone saying is it like bullheadedness to where they're like, well, you need to listen to me. No, you need to listen to Charlie Strong. I mean, what's going on here? Ponce, Gaddis. I mean, like, do these? It seems like they're just not getting on. They're not communicating. What the hell's the problem? Well, an all-star team is not a team. Okay, so I, I heard you say that, and I and I agree with that. But I don't look at these coaches as being an all-star team. I just look at them being seasoned uh, and, and professional. I mean, these coaches have success at other programs, and a lot of them got success by building teams. So, yeah, but, but, but we don't know how they mesh together here, and there were a lot of things right. that did, that just did not look right. Okay, way uh, uh, too many right. players not having a clue what they're doing out on the field. Okay. Just, and and, and also, what, like, we talk about offensive lines not gelling because they haven't played together. Well, that's the same thing as the staff. Everybody's trying to learn what their role is because their role where they used to be might have been more important than it is now or higher or a bigger position. And now they're going down a step to be on Mario's staff and they're still learning, and they learned a lot, and they're going to work on it in the offseason. And Mario has well, to do what he has to do in terms of who he's got on that staff. That's a good point, but that shines a big spotlight on the head man in charge not, be, yeah. not being a good communicator. So, Well, yeah. Gary and I know him, and he's not going to sit there and just hide behind a desk. He's going to do oh, whatever he has to do, that. and that's the I end mean, of it. I mean, I, yeah. All right, man, let me let you run. I got a couple other guys I got to get on here So um, before we go. So, uh, I'm a believer that this first year was a big assessment year to kind of weed out everything. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Keep me, on, keep me on the line, Gary. Have a good night. You got it, man. Thank you All for right. being part of the show. Thanks. Good to call next time. Let's go to the 757. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yeah, that's you. Who's this? Oh, yeah. Hey, this is uh, A.D. Anthony. How are you doing? How you doing, man? What you got for us tonight? Hey, so I keep hearing all the uh, first thing, uh, all the detractors on TVD, and uh, I borrow a quote from my wife, and she goes, "You know, <laughs> we trust every everybody. Bring the data, and you take a look at the stats that uh, Tyler puts up there: uh, forty-six hundred yards, thirty-five touchdowns, eleven picks, and sixty-three percent completion rate. If he had that in a full season." He'd be in the Heisman Trophy. Discussion. Look at the first two minutes of the game the other night. They had 83 I yards know. of offense in the first two yep. minutes. At, at Clemson, without Tyler Van Dyke, they had nine in the entire first half. <laughs> and they would have had more, but I, whole... I, think Skinner, I think Skinner didn't pay attention to what was going on because it was like a hot read, and he just turned his head and ran into the end zone, and that's why that pick was there. I, I don't think it was TVD's think... fault. I think, well, I think it's a little of both. I mean, like, he had no choice. Like, he had again, no, he, he got killed. 
yeah, I mean, it, it comes right back to what everybody's saying. Gaddis, the play calling, that guy that came in, came in unblocked. That was a plan, like, we're not going to block this guy. I mean, that's where you kind of get into the player versus the, you know, the coaching. But on the offensive side, a lot of it comes back to schemes. When you go back and look at the films, how many times this year have we seen, like, like blitzers just come in untouched? Or a lot, you know, I think, yeah. And then the other night, like, it, I was watching one of the YouTube channels, third and 15, and we're doing play-action pass. Like, nobody's buying a play-action pass on third and long. Just, oh, you know, how many, yeah. did you watch the Florida, Florida, Florida State game? Or no? Did yeah, you watch I it? did. <laughs> okay. Well, how many screens did you see in that game when everybody knew that the blitz was coming? A lot. Yeah. A yeah. lot. And, and here's the irony, and we, and we know the blitz is coming. None. Yeah. That's, the irony that's in that calling. was like, yeah, and the irony in all that. One, I don't think like we saw more than fans. one screen the whole year. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you, what you got in this office is back shoulder throws. They don't do it. Oh. Yeah. There's no, I know. Uh, everybody lives on that, but not Miami. I mean, I, I just the, don't know what's going on in that, that field. Yeah, the irony from the Florida Forest State game, people were clamoring for Anthony Richards over Tyler Van Dyke. And I'm like, the guy didn't – he went nine for 20-something. I mean, he's a great athlete, and that should be – He was. Like he, had, he had missed 11 in a row at one point. He, was like, he had 11 yeah. straight incompletions, and most of them were nowhere near the receiver. But, you know, yeah. he's got talent, but, you know, he's not a polished quarterback. And you're not going to win with people like that. Well, guess what? I mean, That's what the – all these people who are, like, anti-Tyler Van Dyke people, that, they look at that and go, we need a running quarterback. Yeah. I just, <laughs> um, but uh, why I would think, he have to run if he's got an offensive line that can block and, and, and they can run the ball with their blocking and they can protect him? When you throw in the ball, you wouldn't need to have a running quarterback. It's nice if that's what the guy can do. He, can he, but he scrambled last year. There were a lot of plays last year, Gary, where he got out of trouble and ran down the sideline, got first downs and things like that. He, he doesn't have to be a runner, but, he, you know, he lost pocket presence. And you, you can't keep it when your offensive line is getting you killed. You, people you don't have that. to look hard. Like, like in the pick game the other night, like the fourth play, a, a blitzer came in unblocked. And he scrambled out, and it would have been a completion if the receiver didn't drop the ball. I mean, you remember that yep. play? Yep. So, yep. Well, that's another thing, drop balls, another great one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just called, like, number one, you know, be careful what you wish for. And I heard people I agree. like, oh, Cade McNamara. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Like Cade McNamara from Michigan's in the portal. I'm like, that guy – Nowhere close to being the same quarterback. Not even close. He did no, great he things. Did. Not even close. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't I mean, think he was, was sitting the pine. Yeah, he was sitting the pine at Michigan for a reason. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and then my other thing is like, yeah, they got to. I, I mean, you look at some of the play calls and what you guys are saying. I think it's more on on Gaddis than it is some of the talent. It's a little bit of both, but. Even this, you know, there there are times when you're like, like remember at the beginning of the year when we couldn't punch the ball into the end zone to save our life. Yep. Like, yep. Um, and then how could you forget? Yeah. Um, 
defensively on the defensive side, I know people were like, Steele was as bad as Gettis. But, again, going back to the data, you know, five or six games uh, that I think – I, I posted this on the on the website. I think seven seven games the the D held the offense, whoever it was, below their seasonal average, including North Carolina. Um, they were close with Clemson, but uh, you know they held most teams when they had a chance. Now, the other games that they didn't do that, it was Middle Tennessee State, Duke, Florida State, Pitt, and uh, and uh, Florida State again, or Clemson. Um, and when you look back in those five games alone, this is an astounding stat: twenty-one turnovers from the offense. Yep. Well, that's what, I, that's why your defense gives up yards in those kind of games because the offense can't move the ball. How do you think you can play defense with every thirty seconds you're on the field again? You can't. Yeah. And you know that's probably why he subs all those guys, Gary. But still, you're not going to win with substitutes. Uh, you know, in a, in a rotation like that. Uh, it got, I saw it way out. too it many plays this year. I saw way too many plays this year where the best players on defense were not on the field. Big That's plays, correct. game-shaping plays. Yes. But right, so I think, we recognize you know, this. I'm sure Mario does too, and I'm sure he's thinking long and hard about who he needs to keep and who he needs to get rid of. Uh, I'm, I'm not yeah. the I'm not the answer man. Maybe to you, but uh, if you're asking me, I think Gaddis has got to go. You can't take that risk next year with this it's going to be I, interesting i agree and i yeah and i think you know like everybody you kind of go back and look at his uh history he was he was co-oc with Saban. he was oc at michigan but we all know like harbo's kind of got his finger in that pie <clears throat> making everything happen so yeah i just uh you know uh, I heard everybody complaining about Van Dyke. I'm saying keep him and get a new offensive coordinator and maybe give yeah. Steele another year with the D because we know, like, you know, coming in, they had weaknesses at linebacker and we weren't really sure what the DL defensive line was going to do. So, um, anyway. Well, I'm with you, man. I'm with you on that one. All right, man. Well, thank you for being part of the show. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, we'll see yeah, what happens. Keep me on the line, please. You got it. All right, final call of the night. Let's go to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 904, you with us? Sounds like he's in a subway station. All right, <laughs> we'll, better not be. I yeah, we'll, on the track. We'll, we'll get to the time, 904. All right, Bruce, well, thank you for the assist, man. I was starting to lose my voice, so I appreciate it. And um, yeah, no, it's been a busy day. I have a hearing day in the morning, here so I lost my voice. <laughs> All right, so you, so you um, move LT show to Thursday, right? The, L, the Lamar Thomas show this week will be Thursday night, so hope to see everybody there. And uh, tomorrow night is the uh, Big Ten ACC Challenge. Miami's playing Rutgers, uh, so we decided to move the LT show in deference back. It's a big game for Kane's basketball, national TV. Yeah, um, Rutgers is a very good team. Uh, so uh, we'll have the Lamar Thomas show this week on Thursday night. So, um, Bruce, I'll see you then. You have a great night, and um, no, you too. Thanks for having me on, and uh, you no know I sweat. love the callers. I, I, I love the show, man. But, but you know, people got to calm down because, um, as we've been saying all along, he's not stupid. He knows what he's doing. He's got a lot of work ahead of him, but he's not going to back down from the challenge. And you guys no, should be thrilled with that because other guys didn't know what the hell they were doing. All right. Yep. All right, Bruce. Thanks for thanks for uh, calling in. 
All right, I want to thank everybody that participated tonight. Great show. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Big night for the Hurricanes with the Collins. Achimapong flip from Michigan to Miami. You can get all the coverage of that on our canesport.com website. Another big commit coming tomorrow. Get excited, Canes fans. It's recruiting season. And uh, nobody does recruiting season quite like Mario Cristobal. So it uh, should be a good three weeks. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening tonight. We'll see you next time.